Hey, welcome back to another episode of Say Your Story. I'm Dean Stevens. Good to have you back. Before we move on to episode four, a couple of thoughts on episode three, Sam's story. Your thoughts and comments have all been passed along to Sam. They were greatly appreciated, certainly made an impact on him. And it was awesome, just awesome to sit and watch him and listen to him as he shared his thoughts and his experiences. You parents certainly understand how hard it can be at times to get anything out of your kid other than a fine or a grunt or a mumble. You know, Sam's story, Sam's journey is all of ours, and we thank you for your interest. And again, it's Bullets Benign, Charleston Band. We thank them for allowing us to use their music for Say Your Story. It's kind of our house band without having them in the house. Today's episode, we focus on one of the nonprofits we work with at Ripple, Ripple and open office space for local nonprofits here in downtown Charleston. Well, today's guest is raising awareness for the life, the times, the legacy of the Gullah Geechee. Gullah Geechee people are direct descendants of enslaved Africans. Historians say that 40% of enslaved Africans landed right here in Charleston at Gadsden's Wharf. More than a century later, Elder Carly Town sharing her story and the work behind her nonprofit, the Gullah Geechee Angel Network. And it's uh, my honor, my privilege to introduce everyone to Elder Carly Town. Good to see you. And I say that, and I mean it, (laughs) because I'm telling you, I don't know if I've ever met anybody who walks into a room and brings so much sunshine and energy with her as you do. It's because of you all. I mean, a wonderful place that I walk into. Tell everybody a little bit about the Gullah Geechee Angel Network. We preserve and promote Gullah culture by way of art. We believe in art for social change. We also connect the diaspora in the Caribbean, Africa, and Europe. So um, basically we are a support group for the Gullah Geechee Nation. And we've been around for about 20 years Wow! doing the work that we do. Um, I preferably like to do it with the grassroots in the communities. I like to be right there with the people. You grew up in Union Heights. I surely did. North Charleston area. Yes, yes. What was that like? It's actually a really nice little village when I was growing up. Everybody knew everybody. It was like 99% Gullah Geechee. Mm. We had some other um, people of other biological variation there, um, but we all were pretty close most of us were cousins and family members. We lived um, usually in Africa. People live in a compound, and we had a compound too. But ours was more like straight. It wasn't mm-hmm. round. So across the street was my uncle, and down the street was my auntie, and across the street, of course, cousins and stuff. So it was a family thing. Um, Union Hike had, was really established around 1919, and that's when they started putting lots out. Um, and my grandfather, he actually built the house that my mom lived in from about 1927 until she died in 2019. So we still live in that house, but of course, you know, we added some bricks. And the bricks actually came from the city of Charleston because my uncle was a, what we call a wood man, and he would go around selling wood. And so he also was, he was like always trying to reuse stuff. So he was very, much into environmental stuff at, at that time. Mm. And so he would, at a time, you could um, tear down some houses in Charleston. I think that was before the preservation stuff started. So he tore down this, this brick house. 
he would actually take those bricks and sell it to the people in the community. So some of the bricks on my mom's house right today is actually from the city of Charleston, from an old house that my uncle had tore down. Most of my family members, like my uncle and my aunt, they worked at the Navy Yard because the Navy Yard started, I think, around 1945, and most people from Union Heights worked at the Navy Yard. Isn't that amazing? You talk about family living up and down that street. I mean, you you got in trouble. It it reached your house before you got home. You better it, believe it. Yes, yes. Everybody could discipline you. I had a um, <laughs> older lady, Miss Luella Smith, and she was my spiritual mother. And she had a store across the street from us. And um, I would go in there, and sometimes we would like to take the little cookies out the out the cookie jar without <laughs> her knowing. But when we got caught, that was it. So, yeah, everything in the hike, you know, people used to say that we had a lot of um, issues there. But the issue was actually people were underserved. They didn't mm. have enough money to take care of certain things. So they had to do alternative stuff. Sometimes. Was that then or now? That was then, way back in the day. And so um, now it's a whole different story. Still people are being underserved. Gentrification has taken over. You know, we have a lot of houses, new houses there. And uh, we still have those old shotgun houses that still stand today. And they've been through Hugo and everything else, and they still stand. It it was a community that was, to me, it was vibrant. It made me the woman I am today. It wasn't, we, we didn't always have stuff that we needed, you know, because when I was coming up, we didn't have, we had an outdoor bathroom, you know. So, but that didn't make me weak. As a young woman, I always was kind of, always had look forward to to the future. I would look out the window and say, I'm going to go to Africa, I'm going to go to Jamaica. You know, little girl, thinking all that. And Where did that, that come from? Well, my auntie, Aunt Agnes, used to take me to New York when I was about four to five years old. So on the train with a little greasy bag of um, chicken and <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> and so I I think that energy and that vibration just took me on through you know, my lifetime, you know, I always wanted to do that because I had done it before with Mm. my auntie. She was a very, um, very self-determined woman, strong will. And she would say, child, come on, we going down to New York. We going to New York to see my my sister and I could take you with me. So you were raised by strong women. Yes. Yes. And this is Women's Month. So I honor them. I honor my mom, Modestine Martin. I honor Aunt Agnes. I honor Aunt Viola Wright. I honor them. Because these are the women that really helped me to become a strong woman, self-determined. Who you are today. Yes. The woman that walks in here every day <laughs> and yes. brings some light and energy with her. Thank you. <laughs> when it, um, talk about the Gullah Geechee. When, when was that instilled in you as being so very important about who you are and who you were to become? Well, as I said, I was always different from everybody else in my family. I just had, I think it was... Um, my ancestors just gave me this task, you know, God first, then my ancestors. But when I was little, I just knew something was different about our family, but I didn't know because we didn't have a label. You know, we didn't have, we didn't know, uh, people didn't call us Gullah Geechee at that time. It was just African-American or black. But my mom, she had went to Catholic school, and but she still would have this different tones, and I would recognize that as a young woman. I would recognize that. But when I went to college at Allen University, I had a um, professor, his name was Dr. Fitzpatrick, and he told me, he said, you came from kings and queens. 
I had never heard that before. I wanted to know more about that. So, and even, you know, going back, I would go downtown. My dad was from Columbus Street, Columbia, Columbus Street, yeah. Um, and he would take me downtown when I was about seven, eight, and we would walk through the market. And people would be like, hey, Thomas, how you doing? I'm like, do I sound like that? You know, and then um, I realized that, hey, this is something different. So, um, but as I grew older, I, I continued to study, and then I, I was going to the College of Charleston. Um, this was a night program. I, I dropped out of um, Allen University because people was um, saying that they were hiring colored girls at the telephone company. So I was like, this is better than trying to struggle to pay these bills. You know, my mom trying to pay me through college. So I dropped out of um, I dropped out of Allen, and um, I got married, and then I went and worked at a telephone company. And um, when I was there, I, you know, again, that tones and those voices were different. You know, people were calling up, you know, and they, I was like, what is this? And I realized that this is something special, and I found out, eventually found out, it was Gullah. It mm. was Gullah Geechee. And so I went, went to, um, again, Going back, I went to the College of Charleston um, when I first wanted to go. When I first graduated from high school, I graduated at 17. I wanted to go to College of Charleston, but they, were, they weren't allowing black girls, black mm. people there. So, but I was really, um, it was really divine order. After I had gotten married, went to the telephone company, and they started a program at the College of Charleston for women of color, mm. and I went to that program and in 1984. I wanted to be an anthropologist, so I went to that first thing I did, because I had already taken English and all that at Allen University, first thing I did is went and applied to take anthropology at the College of Charleston, because I wanted to know more about man, mm. woman, and so I took that course, and in an anthropology class, um, I decided that I wanted to write something about Gullah Geechee. That was around 1984. And I started researching, and I was told that I would ne- not find anything about that because it wasn't anything. And I said, I will. And, and did I, you? I did. Um, Loren uh, Dow Turner, he had a book, um, The Gullah Dialect. Um, I'll be darned. Yeah, and some others started um, surfacing. And I studied that book, and I wrote it, my thesis. And I had a friend who was, um, she had some friends on Dufusky Island. And so she told me, because she was working with me at the telephone company, she told me that she would go to, to these people's house and get some of the people that were working for them, making crab, uh, making crab, was it crab sandwiches or whatever. And she would go to their, to their house so that they would be able to tell the story of what they knew about Gullah. So I actually ended up getting these stories about Gullah did my thesis, wrote my, um, what we call a term paper. I don't know if yeah. you know about that. Well, I didn't turn a few in, but it's <laughs> about all I know about that. Yeah, so I wrote that term paper, and I got an A mm. on that term paper. And so the next thing is that somehow we, time kept going on, and I kept pursuing, kept knowing that there was something special about Gullah Geechee people. And, and then I went to Jamaica, because I wanted to find out more, and I found that patwa there, 
And I was like, that sounds like the people, my people. And I realized that it was all connected because the, uh, the Jamaicans came here in 1782 with the British. So some stayed and some left. So that's what all that. And, of course, in 1670, the Barbadian came, you know. And I, it was just so much. Everything was so divine order. So that little girl mm-hmm. that sat looking out of her window in Union Heights went looking and found more about her heritage and her Ex- past. Exactly. Exactly. That gives me chills. Really? Yes. It gives me chills, too, because that little girl is now a grown woman. <laughs> <laughs> And still looking. Always looking. Yeah. Always finding. Yeah. So if people don't know, um, the Gullah Geechee Quarter goes all the way up from the Cape Fear area of North Carolina, stretches down through South Carolina, through the islands, all the way down uh, to to Jacksonville. You got it. What's important to you to inform those who may not have any idea about the culture and what it's all about? Um, that people know more about the culture, um, especially um, the young people. And I'm not just talking about Gullah Geechee people. I think everybody needs to know that this is a part of our history. Um, um, so I, I, my thrust is to make sure that I can get to as many people as can and let them know who we are down here and let them know that we are strong, willing, self-determined, you know, and we have retained our culture for many, many years, you know. Uh, we have the highest retention of African tradition in America. So people, and they could use that in their own lives. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just being self-determined, being intentional, being mindful. And I know my people had to be intentional and mindful for what they have gone through and still be able to survive. We still have things that, you know, we need to need to happen. So I think I need to be not only me, but those people that think like me, like yourself, um, uh, Jerry, others need to, to be able to be a voice to say, hey, we can do this. You know, we could do this. I think the number would be very small of the people who actually understand the percentage of enslaved Africans that were brought over and sold I mean, less than two miles from where we sit right now in downtown Charleston. Right. I agree. I agree. Um, I, I know that part. I tried to dwell on our strength because we, before we came here, we were kings and queens. And um, that was our humanity. This was our enslavement. But take those, I always said, um, everything, there's a lesson in everything. So what is the lesson? The lesson is you must continue to know who you are. No matter who you are, you must know who you are. Don't allow people to tell you who you are. You know, the great lesson, and you're talking about finding the good in something horrible. Um, I was downtown the night of the riots. Mm. And the thing that I walked away with from being a 57-year-old white guy was I needed to learn to listen. I needed to learn to listen. As time goes on, we all should get better. (laughs) (laughs) At listening. (laughs) Yes. Um, Because only then are you able to understand where people have come from and what they've gone through to be where they are today and then their greater goal of where they want to go. Right? Exactly. And I think what's inspiring about what you're doing with the 
Gullah Geechee Angel Network is trying to create this museum, if you will, a resource center right there in Union Heights. Exactly. Um, when I, you know, I moved away at a young age. And um, when I did, as I got older, matter of fact, maybe 10, 15 years ago, when my son made his transition, I realized that we are not going to stay here forever. So whatever I, whatever my purpose was, I need to be intentional about it and be purpose-driven. So I decided that um, after I retired that I wanted to really give back. So I went and got this house. It was abandoned. And I decided that I wanted to make sure that the community use it to um, be empowered, to know, learn more about their culture, to, and to um, bring other people in uh, from the diaspora also and, l- and let them see you know, uh, what we can do together because I think we are all stronger together than we are separate. So um, the name of the house is Unitarian House, and it means you children, and it's because... I always had a house to go to if I didn't have anything else because my grandfather built his mm-hmm. house. My auntie had a house. My uncle had a house. And so for those who don't have that love, and in each one of those houses there was so much love, I wanted to make sure I had a house for the community. And all we need is just a few dollars. Yeah, we need some uh, resources, yes. Fi- financially we need money. Um, but we also need um Help, physical help. You know, if somebody has some kind of, uh, you know, carpentry skills or has some kind of electric electrical skills, that's fine, too. Um, and then we need people who could just um, be able to help us build on what we already have. Because we already have the house. The house is there. But it just needs some work done to it. And we're getting there, little by little. Uh, what they say? Tajali, Tajali. That's an Arabic saying. Yeah, we're getting there. And I'm quite sure that as we move forward, more uh, people will understand that these centers need to be in different communities mm-hmm. so that people can not forget who they are and not forget you know, that they are better together than they are separate. The Gullah Geechee Angel Network has a seven-point program, and it's part of we have art, we have health and nutrition, and we have our scholarships. Um, we work with media. So, um, and then, of course, the big thing that we're working now is working on now is the cultural center, Unitarian House. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Do we you. miss anything? No, I think everything is. And I want to just thank you. I don't know, you know, thank you and thank um, Jerry and thank everybody who've been very welcoming. That's all in the big plan. Yeah. Right? Yes. We're all taken care of. Yes. I'll leave you with this. Somebody once said, I want a win-win situation. When I get with people, I try to become them so I can empathize with them. This helps me to relate to them and they become my family. So no matter what, we stay focused on the issue at hand. Thank you. I was getting ready to say that's my favorite words. (laughs) Those were your words. (laughs) I know, but I can say my little poem. You can say whatever you want okay, to say. Okay, good, good. I just want to let everybody know, you're sure and wonder about what you're a secret be. You're rich with the Gullah Geechee. If people think you're a lie about the one you're to be, then crack your teeth about you history. And that's for everybody because this is our culture, but we share it with everybody. Peace and blessings. <laughs> Thanks for being here with everybody. Yes. <laughs>
was good. I enjoyed it. If you'd like to learn more about the elder and her mission, you can visit GullahGeecheeAngelNetwork.com. That's GullahGeecheeAngelNetwork.com. Our thanks again to Bullets Benign. May your days be filled with peace, your nights filled with quiet. I'm Dean Stevens. Thanks again for listening to Say Your Story. <laughs>